David, this is actually the first time that we've met, so I'm, I'm really excited to welcome you here and say thank you so, so much for coming. But you've had a relationship with the church here for a number of years, haven't you? Yes. yes. Why don't you start, because there are lots of folks who, who, who might be new faces to you, why don't you just tell us, who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? Those sorts of things. Right. Good morning. Well, I'm happy to be back. And I, I thank God that Jesus did not come before I come to see you again. Um, I come from I come from Kenya in East Africa. Born into a non-Christian family, and I'm married with one wife. <laughs> Excellent, good. <laughs> and I have two daughters and three sons. Fantastic. I thought it was busy with three. That's yeah. <laughs> and, and do they sell you out when it's your birthday as well? Do they tell people and get them to sing for you? Yeah, we, we, we don't celebrate birthdays in, in my community because right. many people do not know when they were born. Of like course. For me, I don't celebrate my birthday because I don't know when I was born. Right. Nobody kept records on when I was born. Uh, okay. But happy birthday to you. Well, <laughs> thank, you. thank you very much. Um, Okay, great. Um, so, so you were born to a non-Christian family. How did you come to know Jesus? Tell me the story of, 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 of that. Yeah, Ben, it, it's a very long story. Uh, but I can say that, um, yeah, I was born and brought up in a non-Christian family. My father being a witch doctor. Right. And a witch doctor among the Maasai tribe is uh, somebody who is very much respected, who um, turns to solve the problems of the community. Uh, and so my father, who inherited from his grandfather, from his father, so who is my grandfather, and uh, being the firstborn son, and uh, according to my, my culture, I was supposed to inherit my father's uh, witchcraft. And so when I was a young boy, my father trained me. It took a lot of time to train me about um, uh, becoming a witch doctor so that when he dies or when he grows old to a point where he cannot be able to practice witchcraft, Mm. then I was going to take over. So when he was training me, I then developed a desire to become a witch doctor in future. And uh, and he trained me uh, on many things to do with witchcraft. And, uh, but in my community, I had a, a very close friend of mine, uh, Daniel, his name, who is not alive now. Um, he became a Christian, and he int- introduced me to Christianity, which I, I said no many times to him because I wanted to become a witch doctor. But uh, Daniel was not tired of telling me, uh, of, uh, telling me about Christ, and the need that I needed to um, change my life to follow Christ. Yeah, one day I, I said yes to him, and I, he prayed for me, although it's a long story how I really came to uh, meet Christ in a big seminar somewhere. And, uh, and from then, my life completely changed, and now I said no to, uh, to witchcraft. I went back home the same day, and I was able to face my father, which was not an easy thing, mm-hmm. and I told him that I don't want anything to do with witchcraft because I have become a Christian. 
Well, he thought I was joking, um, but he gave me one or two weeks to see whether I was serious or not. But after one month, when he saw that I was serious, he then uh, had to consult um, community elders about my decision of becoming a Christian and say no to witchcraft. And at that meeting, they decided that I should be killed so that my younger brother, Jonathan, will then come along and be trained to be, be, to be the next witch doctor uh, because culturally, there is no way my younger brother could become the next witch doctor if I am still alive. So the only solution was for me to be killed so that he can be trained to become the next witch doctor. And because of that, I flew from home and I ran away to save my life. And uh, yeah, and I went away for about eight years without coming back home uh, because I knew that I was going to be killed because of uh, saying no to witchcraft, which is a very big thing within the Maasai culture. And uh, yeah, I think I will stop there. It's a long story. Yeah. But well, just no, I, I, this is this is amazing. So you you become a Christian, and that that's put your life in danger. Yep. <clears throat> what? Why not just why not just say uh, hey do you know what I'll, I'll be the witch doctor I'll, I'll go back to that what 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 stopped you from doing that what was it about Jesus that meant that you wouldn't that, that, that you'd be willing to put your life in danger for him Yeah when I became a Christian I realized that I was lost and I was going to perish forever without Christ and it was there that I discovered that Christ died for my sins and he loved me the way I am. And it was there that I also discovered that um, he will forgive me if I go to him and say, I'm sorry about my sins and I can invite him to come into my life. And then the best thing is everlasting life that I got in Christ. And that's why I said witchcraft is very temporary and uh, it's like serving the devil and the demons. And, and so turning to God was very, very much different that now I'm serving the living God, not the devil and the witch doctor. Wow. Yeah. That's quite a challenge for us, isn't it? Mm. What, what, what does being a Christian cost you? What's it cost you? Because at times we think, oh, you know, it's, it's hard fighting against my sin. It's hard uh, being the odd one out in my culture. But amazing to hear the testimony of somebody for whom it cost you your reputation, it costs you your family, it nearly costs you your life. David, we, we need to honor people like you. <laughs> Thank you for, Thank for you. doing that. Thank you. Um, we, we as a church have been partnering with you for, for many years, I think. I, I understand. I'm new here, so I'm still learning the ropes. Um, how did that come about? How, how did a church in Totley get to know a, a, a former witch doctor's son in Kenya? How did that work? Mm. Um, I used to go to college in this country. Great. Some, uh, came in 1994 for my first college, and then came again back in 2000. Um, I invited a group of uh, preachers who came under an organization called Through Faith Missions. Right. The work of 1,000 men. Right. And uh, David Droids, who was a vicar here, was among the team that came over to work with us. And he later brought with him some church members who were about one or two of them are here. 
and he came over to work with me in Kenya. And then I came over here, invited me to this church, and ever since then, we have been uh, friends and partners Brilliant. in ministry. Well, it's, it's lovely to be able to partner with yeah. you. Yeah. What, what, what does that look like day to day? So what do you do now? Like day to day, what does your kind of ministry look like in Kenya? And what were you doing two weeks ago, for example? Yeah, uh, back home, I am uh, I'm a pastor. I founded uh, a church called Covenant Church International. And uh, we are very much involved in uh, evangelism and church planting, doing missions among our people, the Maasai's who are very much marginalized by the Kenyan and Tanzanian governments. Uh, and the Maasai are almost among the very last people to hear the gospel in Kenya. Um, but just to narrow my ministry down, uh, we are alongside the preaching and uh, planting churches and so on. We believe that um, um, physical needs and spiritual needs go hand in hand. Yeah. They go together. And people can only see God, the God that we preach, if there are some actions that accompany our preaching. And so we, uh, we, we have a project that has to do with widows, right. women that they are, their husbands died maybe because of uh, diseases, and some have been killed because of going to raid cows from other, other tribes, because the Maasai believe that all cows all over the world belong to them. And mm-hmm. so they will go to other tribes to raid cows, and the men will be killed a lot, and their women will, will remain um, widows. And so we do support uh, widows in terms of uh, uh, sharing with them God's word, coming alongside them in terms of their family needs. Some of them have got children who go to school, and so we come along and support them. Like right now, we have a big famine, and so we are providing food for the widows and their families. We have a project that this church has been supporting for a very long time. that has to do with young Maasai girls who we rescue from FGM, and, right. and early forced marriages. A girl of about uh, 14, 15 years will be given out by their parents to get married to a man of about uh, 60 or 70, yeah. a man that they have never met, but they are forced to get married to them, which is part of the Maasai culture. And so when these young girls become Christians, they will say no to FGM, and they will say no to um, early forced marriages. And because of that, they get excommunicated from home, or they, uh, their parents <coughs> will turn against them, and that is when we, uh, when we will then come uh, as a church or as an organization to be able to uh, rescue them from that. And in doing that, we take them to school and sponsor them to go through primary and secondary schools. And when they finish, they will be able to come back to uh, their families and their community and be able to help the same program of uh, risking uh, Maasai young girls. Because the Maasai believe that when a, when a young girl is not circumcised, uh, she cannot be able to get married, or if she gets married, she will not bear any children. Uh, and so those that we have uh, rescued and sponsored them to go through school, they have come back to our community, got married to young Maasai men, and now they have children, 
and that has started to change the Maasai mind of saying um, it's uh, if you are not if you don't if, if a girl doesn't go uh, through FGM they are cast from mm. their families and their community and so we 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 run that project and I really want to thank uh, uh, all saints uh, totally for all your prayers and all for for all your support. A number of these girls have completed their schools and now they are supporting their families and their communities. Uh, we also do a project on uh, training pastors who have never gone to any Bible school. Right. And uh, we run a project that has to do with bringing pastors in a church like this who have never gone to school or Bible college, and we are able to teach them basic Bible uh, teachings uh, so that they can be able to go out and be able to have healthy churches and that they can be able to preach the, church, the, 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 the word of God, uh, the sound doctrine, yeah. uh, the good news, in a, in a more, uh, more healthy, healthy way. And so we do that both in Kenya and Tanzania. Because the Maasai tribe live in Kenya and in Tanzania. In fact, the majority of them live in Tanzania. Right. So in August, I, um, uh, two, two friends from here and I went into uh, Arusha in Tanzania. We were able to train more than 80 pastors in Tanzania. Amazing. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic, hearing not only the, the, the good news of Jesus, but that holistic we're going to share not only the gospel, but our lives with you. We're going to uh, sh- make real social distance, dis- distance, sorry, that was a COVID thing, difference. Um, uh, why? Because we've got a God who makes real, real spiritual difference to our lives, brings us from death to life, and that, so therefore let us be life-giving. That is, that, that, that is incredible. Um, David, how can we be praying? For, like, I, I'm really excited about exploring what partnership with you might look like in terms of meaningful mission partnership going forwards. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to we'll, can have a further conversation on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of praying for you, what, what kind of key things can we be praying for for you today? Mm-hmm. And, and indeed for the work that's, that's going on, um, both with the girls and with the church and the pastors. Mm-hmm. Um, I will appreciate prayers, especially for the young Maasai girls, because December is a very long school holiday. And in this month is when the parents will want to, to practice FGM on their daughters. And so please do pray for these young girls. Mm-hmm. A lot of them will run away from home, not knowing where they will go, and that is where our, our rescue team comes in to try and rescue these girls. Please pray for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, pray also for the whole of Maasai land because we have not had rain for a long time. And so a lot of people and animals, livestock are dying because of lack of food. And as you know that the Maasai, I don't know whether you have read about the Maasai, that they move from one area to another. They are nomads. Mm-hmm. And so currently they are moving from one area to another looking for water, and there's no water, no grass for their animals, and, so, and people are going without food. And so please do pray that uh, the Lord will bring rain. I wish I can take your rain yes. back to yeah, Kenya yeah. when I go back. Yeah, so do we. You, you have a lot of rain here. <laughs> so please pray for, 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 for the Maasai to be able to get food and for the animals to... Um, uh, be able to get grass and, and water. Mm-hmm. Do pray for my family too. 
and my church back home as they move forward to uh, face the challenges that are there even as we go right towards the end of the year. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, we're going to do this. I haven't actually warned them, um, but I'm going to... Um, can I invite our readers, uh, Claire and Neil, do you, and James, do you want to come on out? Um, and, um, uh, and our wardens, Anne, um, and, and Kat, do you want to come as well? Um, and why don't a few of us um, just pray those things uh, over David and for his, his people. There's a microphone here. Um, I used the same one as earlier, and I'll try and get it to work this time. Um, one. Great. So just pass that around um, amongst yourselves, and let's pray for, for David and for um, those things that he was saying. Heavenly Father, we lift you, David, and his mission to the Maasai. Lord, we pray that you will bless his time here as he visits churches that support him. Lord, we ask that you will send what he needs to help his people. Whether it's the rain, whether it's finance, whether it's people to help. Lord, bless this mission of David, David's church in Kenya and help us to be a part of that mission. Amen. Yes, Lord, we give thanks to David and the fellowship he has with us in Totley. We just pray for him particularly and his family and the pressures that they are under at the moment. We are so blessed with the, the rays that we have. It's hard, in fact impossible, to understand the suffering. So Lord, we just pray that the rains will come and that the fellowship there will thrive. And particularly amongst the young girls who have hopefully hope for safety mm. and growth. Amen. We pray for the teenage girls as they go home at Christmas, Lord. We pray that you will protect them for the rescue teams as they try and find the ones who are in real need. And we thank you for the, the girls who've already been helped and for the, the witness of the lives they're able to have for the ones who've been married. And Lord, we pray for the families who are planning to do FGM over this current Christmas, that they'll be able to understand and see that it's not something that's required. We pray, Lord, for a change in the culture. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for David, for his courage, for his witness, for his love and compassion for his people. Father, I think we can all learn a huge lesson. And as we come into Advent and look forward to the coming of your son and remembering that, Father, I pray, Lord, that you will also give us that courage and compassion and love for your people. And we pray, Lord, that as David goes back, that he will know that we are with him, that we are supporting him, both in prayer and financially. Lord, we ask, Lord, that you'll continue 
to bless this work, that your name may be known in, that, in the Maasai tribe as a God who changes lives. Mm. Amen. Amen. Sovereign Lord of the whole church, we thank you for the gospel of Jesus and for the good news that David has to proclaim. And we praise you, Lord, that it's a gospel that is the same here as it is there. Mm. We thank you that the news is good for everybody, whoever they are, wherever they come from. And we praise you for who you are, that you sit outside of culture and time, that you are not bound by the rules of the world. And we praise you for David's work with these people. And we thank you that the gospel we proclaim here is the same as was proclaimed there. And we pray that many people would move from death to life. Amen. 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 Thank you very much, uh, all of you. David, we, um, we, we, we partner with you in prayer. We also partner with you financially. So this is a gift from us as a church thank you. Um, to you. And um, we know you'll use it for... Uh, for, for the good of God's work. So thank you thank for you. doing that. Thank and you, thank you for letting us partner with you. Um, thank you. The other thing just to make you and the rest of us aware of is uh, there's a plate at the back. If you would like to, um, like to donate uh, over and above um, that, then please do um, give to that plate. That is going to David and to the work uh, that he is undertaking both with those projects um, uh, and, well, all of those projects that we've, that we've heard of. So, um, so please do make use of that. And you're going to be around over tea and coffee time afterwards yep. a little while, so yep. do take that opportunity to chat to David as well, and that'll be great. Thank you Thank so you much, so David. Much. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thank you. We're actually going to continue uh, in prayer. I'm going to invite Roger to come and to, uh, to, to lead us in prayer, um, and, um, and then um, we will um, we'll sing some more. Thank you. Morning. You'll find today's um, reading in your notice sheet. We're going to be reading from Isaiah chapter 1, starting at verse 2. Hear me, you heavens, listen, earth, for the Lord has spoken. I reared children and brought them up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its master, the donkey its own manger, but Israel does not know. My people do not understand. Woe to the sinful nation, a people whose guilt is great, a brood of evildoers. Children given to corruption, they have forsaken the Lord. They have spurned the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on him. Continuing at verse 10. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the instruction of our God, you people of Gomorrah. The multitude of your sacrifices, what are they to me, says the Lord. I have more than enough of burnt offerings, of rams and the fat of fattened animals. I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to appear before me, who has asked this of you, this trampling of my courts? Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons, Sabbaths and convocations, I cannot bear your worthless assemblies. 
your new moon feasts and your appointed festivals, I hate with all my being. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I am not listening. Your hands are full of blood. Wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. Come now, let us settle the manner, this matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. But if you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Thank you, Rachel. Um, I want you to imagine for a second that the churches in Totley were overflowing, that actually when we did communion, it took hours upon hours to get through all of the different people as it was being given out. The, the, The conversations down in the church hall afterwards uh, we're really getting to grips with some of the really kind of intricate parts of God's word. That wouldn't be too dissimilar to the people of Israel in the reading that we've just heard. And you think, wait a second, that, 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 sounds, that sounds really, un- how, how can that possibly be? Because the people that we've just heard in the word, they're, they're hearing all sorts of judgment against them, and yet... We're told they're doing sacrifices and festivals and appointed festivals. They're very religious. In fact, the the kind of religious festivals, the religious fervor that they're doing is entirely uh, biblical in one sense. And yet, when our God, when Yahweh looks at worship, he doesn't judge it by contemporary or traditional He doesn't judge it as to whether it's Anglican or free church. He judges it in terms of whether it's pure or impure. These are very religious people, but they are utterly committed to wholeheartedly ignoring the God that they serve. We heard at the start of the reading that God calls the heavens and the earth. It's a, it's a, a, a kind of a, a reference back to Deuteronomy where he makes this kind of promise to his people about what it would look like for them to be faithful. And he calls the heavens and the earth to be a witness. And now he's saying, listen, heavens, see earth. Look what my people are like. What, am I, what are they like? They're like children that I've reared and brought up but have rebelled against me can almost feel the pain, can't you? Imagine what it would be like to be a parent, to lovingly change the nappies, to teach, to walk, to to pay for the education, to, to care for again and again and again, and have that same child turn around and say, not just I don't want anything to do with you, I hate you, but I'm actively going to work against you. Imagine the pain. 
And God says, that's what's happened with Israel, my people. He says, they're more stupid than a wild animal. Uh, the ox, verse 3, knows its master. The donkey knows its manager. But Israel doesn't know. My people don't understand. See, for all that they look like they're getting everything right, their worship is impure because they're far away from God and they don't want to listen to him. How do we know that? What's the kind of outworking of that in this passage? Well, look at their attitude to injustice. Verse 17, God having said, look, I don't want your new moon festivals. I don't want your worship anymore. I don't want that because it's impure. Why? He says, learn to do what's right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fathers. Plead the cause of the widow. It's one of the reasons I was so glad to hear what David's doing. Preaching the good news of Jesus, absolutely vitally important. And standing up, for, standing up against injustice, absolutely vitally important. Why? Because as we come to know Jesus, the Jesus who looks at us in all our sin and brokenness, who dies in our place on the cross, so that we can be right before God. As we look at him, we begin to be more like him. Our hearts begin to follow his heart. Just like when you were a teenager and you met somebody who caught your eye and maybe you started courting them. Because you started courting them, suddenly you found that you were beginning to get into the things that they were into, didn't you? It's the same with Jesus. If we spend time with him, then the things that he is passionate about become the things that we're passionate about. And then the problem comes. If we're claiming to be spending time with Jesus, but we're not passionate about the things he's passionate about, are we actually doing it? Are we actually listening to God? Our attitude to injustice shows us something about actually our attitude to God. But there's a danger here because our culture is really good at standing up for injustice, in some places at least. But it's always better at standing up for injustice out there. The, the terrible stuff that's happening on the news, that is awful. We need to stand up. We need to do something. Don't believe me? What was this church like when we opened it up for Ukraine appeals? It was, it was rammed. Why? Because we need to do something about the injustice. Bruce Frank says this. He says, if you're more upset about the sin in the news than the sin in the mirror, it shows us something about our hearts. And actually, I wonder whether sometimes there can be a danger that we rightly hate injustice out there. But are we more upset about the stuff that we see broken out there than the injustice in our own hearts? When the budget came out this week, whose was the first purse that you thought about? As you look forward to winter... Which energy bill is it that you're most fearful about? If you're anything like me, so often it's my own, my own purse. What, what's this going to mean for our finances? 
And that just betrays the fact that human hearts are self-centered. Human hearts are unjust. And so, yes, we need to work on it. Yes, we need to change the justice of the world. But how do we do that? Well, we do that with a God who looks at a people who are stupider than an ass, who are like a, a, a child that's rebelling against their parents, and he calls them, did you notice verse 3? Do you notice what he calls them? The ox doesn't know his master, the donkey doesn't know his manger, but Israel, but Israel sorry, the, the ox knows its master, the, the donkey knows its um, manger, but Israel does not know my people do not understand. For God, as he looks at this rebellious people, he calls them my people. He warns them about the state of their injustice, absolutely, about the fact that they're walking away from him. Uh, but he says, uh, verse 18, come, let us settle the matter. He says, literally, come on, let, let's sort this out. Let, let, let's, let's get to the heart of the matter here. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. God looks at a people committed, committed to ignoring him. Not standing up to injustice, either out there or in here. And he says to them, I'm still pursuing you. That sin that you feel bad about, that sin that I've just pricked your conscience about, I can make it white as snow. Snow like the snow that's piling up in Buffalo in the US at the moment. I can make it whiter than that. A white out. What's the condition, finally? Verse 19, if you are willing and obedient. What does it take for God to look at my unjust heart? My heart that has in it the seeds of all the awful things that David is working against. What does it take for him to take that heart and make it pure and white? Simply us being willing. Us being obedient, listening to him. Not that we work our way to him, but that we trust the saviour that he brings about. The amazing thing, as we sit here today in church, is that on every one of the seats is a cross. And the reason for that is because on, because on the cross, Jesus was made crimson, not just with blood, but with sin. My sin. And your sin. So that all I need do is accept him. And he will make me white and pure. And the more that I dial into that. The more that we dial into that cross. The more all of a sudden our hearts will change. From injustice in here to justice in here. And therefore from injustice out there. To bringing about justice out there as well. We want to partner with David. We, we, we want to delight in what he's doing. Let's do that by dealing with injustice in our own hearts. Let's do that in praying with him and financially giving to him. And let's do that by fighting against injustice in this world. How? By looking all the more at Jesus and seeing what he has done for us. Let me pray. Father, thank you so, so much for the chance to come together today to study your word. Thank you. Thank you, Father, that incredibly you're not the God. You're not the God who looks at us as a, as a disappointment and, and writes us off. But you're the God who looks at us in all our sin and all our rebelliousness against you and says, look, come, let's reason together, please. Help us, Father, to look once more 
to the cross to see our sins forgiven and as we do so expel our sinful injustice both in our hearts and in the world around us i pray for i pray in jesus name amen the cross